it's awesome to be here. Guys, how exciting. Mm. I don't know about you, I'm stirred. Just, say, just to warn you, I might get a bit loud today. Uh, so you're like, when's he ever quiet? It, it happens sometimes, but I'm truly, truly stirred uh, by the Lord. But I think, Anna, Anna, would you like to just come up quickly? Um, as you know, we were in Ireland uh, from Wednesday till Friday. Uh, got back at about one, well, got to sleep about one o'clock Friday morning, thanks yeah. to Ollie and Molly. Yeah. Um, uh, fetched us guys. from the airport at quarter past 11 and drove us all the way back, and we were delayed and all this stuff. Yeah. So, Ollie was on a shift at five o'clock on Saturday morning, and they must have got home after one o'clock. Yeah. So, guys, they are part of this team and this family. <laughs> so, can we give them a round of applause? Terrible, but also I thought you know that's what family do. So, Anna, do you, do you want to just share what um, just want one minute just on what you felt from the time away? Yeah, cool. Um, yes, yeah, so we had a really great time in Ireland. So thank you for all your prayers. If I'm really honest, I was a little bit nervous about going over there just because Dylan tends to go and comes back crazy pumped up, and I thought, oh my word, what if this doesn't happen to me? Um, yeah. However, I think it was actually it was more like sort of a pastoral trip actually in Ireland but it was brilliant we met with um, several probably six or seven leaders of churches so um, uh, kind of pastors and their wives elders that kind of thing and it was really great just to connect um, to hear about some of the things that they're working through things that are working for them mm. things that we're we're working through and you know everyone was really excited to hear about how true life was going and um, I can't remember whereabouts in the Bible but we had we had several prophetic words one being um, you know you will soar you will soar like eagles and just that we are we are going into that phase now and I truly truly believe that we are I really think we are gaining momentum I mean just just look around you Mm. Hey, there's, there's all, there are actually quite a few people here, yeah. and Tim and Asher will know. We had Sundays at the beginning where it might just be the four of us. So I just want to, you know, we have grown, we've got momentum, and I think that was just something that, you know, just really in, encouraged me. And things that maybe have sat in the back of my mind for a while, and really, I think, I think it's time to do them. So I'm keen to get started a mum's ministry. So hold me accountable to that. So. Mm. Any any mum doesn't matter how old your child is, mums to be, whatever. I just think you know, is that's going to be something that I'm going to really try and pursue now, yeah, um, and on. kind of launch and get going. Anyway, I've spoken for longer than a minute, but there yeah, we go. That's, that's great. Uh, we had a great oh, time. Great. So thank you for your prayers. And Maya Grace was a dream on the flight. So that oh, was yeah. a huge blessing. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Awesome. No, it, it was a really special time. Um, like Anna said, you know one of the things I learned though, and I, I just want to be real with you guys, uh, leaders are ordinary people, yeah. and they are they hurt too. Yeah. And I think just to just to encourage you, you know that actually the privilege that we have in leading this church, I, I can't tell you what it is. I mean, I keep saying I don't actually lead this church; I lead the team that leads this church. There's a big difference in that because what that means is the whole model we're trying to do is empower people to walk into their destinies, yeah. but just seeing and being a part of people's stories, there's a couple in Aylesbury that started a church plant down that way. Uh, they need some support, they need some help, and we like, True Life Church exists not just for True Life Church, yeah. but to serve the churches around our area. But we're looking for heart connections, wherever they may be. Yeah. We've been invited into Dublin, down south, Southern Ireland, uh, London. They, it was interesting just hearing the heart that people have 
and knowing that what this church carries is actually amazing. And I can't wait for a lot of you to walk into that inheritance together because ultimately what God's opening up is going to influence the world. And so we are really talking about some taking, organizing something into the States and seeing some of the connections that are over there. But one of the churches that really inspired me is they only planted, they weren't there with us there, but the connections. You see, everyone's connected somewhere. And that's what the heart of God is. But they planted this church in the States only six years ago, and their heart was, we want to plant 10 churches in 10 years. That was in their DNA. And they're in their sixth year, and they planted six churches. So I want to say that actually what God's doing, that's in San Diego, but we're praying and seeing what God's going to form. But when we build, we build for eternity, like I've said before. We don't just go and preach and then disappear and be the bee's knees. We want to actually be real with people and build family across nations. And I'm excited for that. So thank you for your prayers. Thank you for sending us um, a watcher's space. It's going to be good. But can we turn to in our Bibles to John chapter 6? John chapter 6, verse 5. If you have your Bibles, um, would someone mind just grabbing me some water, please? Is that okay? John 6, verse 5. Oh, man. I'm going to need you guys' help preaching today. I realize the Irish are a bit quiet. But we are not quiet in England, are we? Hey, come on. When Brad's in the house, say. <laughs> John chapter 6, verse 5. It says this. Come on. When Jesus looked up, and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Thank you. He asked us only to test him. Can you say test him? Test him. For he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, eight months wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Can you say bite? Bite. Come on. So what was Philip thinking? He's thinking, you're going to spend eight months of a person's wages just so that everyone can get one small bite. He's calculating in his head how this is going to work. And yeah. another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy. Can you say a boy? Boy. With five small, can you say small? Small. Barley loaves and two small, can you say small? Small. Fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, make the people sit down. There's plenty of grass in that place. And the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five Notice I don't say small barley loaves, but of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Let's pray. Father, I pray that this word would pierce our hearts. Would we repent? Would our minds change today? When we face the impossible... Would we see what you can do with it? In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We are on a journey of faith as a church. How many of you know that? How many of you know that we're about to kick into a new gear? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How many are like, can we stay in this gear for just a little bit longer? (laughs) Let me tell you something. I've realized that the people in this room 
can change the world. Yeah. Every single one of you. Mm. And I have such a stirring in my heart that when we read the scripture, we're going to say, God, do it again in our day. Amen. And do the impossible yeah. with a small community that you can come in and say, actually, when we just think we've got small, five small barley loaves and two small fish, how can we change this situation? How can we face the impossible and actually bring change? Yeah. You might be saying, that, I'm, I mean, I'm just working at VW. How can I bring change to the world? I'm just, you know, working at a safari park. How can I bring change to the world? You might be sitting there thinking, I've just got, I'm so small and insignificant. And I love this because Jesus sees a great opportunity, thousands of people coming towards him. And he looks at and he turns to his disciple and he already had in mind what he was going to do. Yeah. But he asks him a question and he says, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Notice that there are two impossible things they're facing right now. Number one, they don't have enough money to buy the food. Number two, there's not enough food to even buy if they had the money. Yeah. <laughs> and so these guys, are, are, they are really in trouble here. Middle of nowhere, Jesus has been preaching all day. And he turns to me and says, where shall we buy this food? And Philip decides, you can imagine Philip sitting there. He starts calculating in his mind. I bought my calculator <laughs> because I love numbers. Now this little calculator, Maya Grace, I was thinking, should I bring the calculator? She was crawling whilst these guys were doing a worship practice this afternoon. She went in and grabbed the calculator out. From the storage thing, I'm like, she is prophetic already. And I took the calculator, and Philip starts looking, and he says, Hey, we've got 5,000 men besides women and children. Let's just say each guy had a wife and a child. That's 15,000 people coming towards us. Where are we going to get food for them to eat? Let me just bring Jesus down to earth. Let me explain to Jesus what the issue is here. Number one, Jesus, we have eight months of a man's wages. Eight months. How many of you would be willing to give away eight months of your wages just for a crowd to have a bite? Yeah. How many of you would be like, um, uh, you, the way you guys run your finances as a church, that's a stupid idea. <laughs> I can just imagine the emails I get, you know, and I don't take negative emails, just so you know, I delete them. But um, I can just imagine like subject line, uh, incompetency with running the finances of the church. You know, like, why would you spend eight months of the church? Imagine eight months, if I said, guys, eight months of the church's income, we're just going to spend it just so that we can just go and give everyone, just we're going to get a slice of bread and cut it into a little bit, and we're going to just give each person just a bite. You think that is totally irresponsible. Because when you think with a carnal mind, a natural mind, you will never, never, listen to me, never walk into our inheritance with that mindset. If we have a poverty mentality, when we look at the impossible, we will never fulfill that which God has called us to. And I'm not apologizing for radical steps of faith in this church. Because Philip starts adding up 15,000 divided by let's say we get a hundred loaves and he starts working it out and he starts going through any numbers people here okay one or two the accountants in the room he starts calculating 
And you know what Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is saying that he, when, when Philip's is thinking of them having a bat, he's thinking of them having a feast. And he's looking at it and he's saying, Oh, Philip, you have no idea what I'm about to do. But what I love is another disciple, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, speaks up and he says, Here is a boy, a small boy. He has five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how, have you ever been in a situation where there's been a problem and you've, you've just known your idea is a bit stupid? But you think, oh, let me just speak up just in case there, there's, there's something that could help people. Anyone been in one of those situations? I'm kind of like that when the car breaks down. I don't know what I'm doing, but I kind of think when, when a car would break down, I'd get out, I'd open the, I remember one day opening the bonnet, looking in, I'm like, oh man, maybe it's, maybe it's that, you know? And I, I, it wasn't that, but I, I just thought, <laughs> I kicked the tire and I sat back in the car. I'm like, I'm not gonna fix this car. But I had to give an idea. Here he comes. This, uh, and can you can you imagine the other disciples are, Andrew? That's a stupid idea. Why are you bringing the little boy and his lunch into this situation? Yeah. I mean, what is his lunch going to solve when we've got such a big problem? Yeah. Yeah. And you might be sitting there and thinking, Dylan, you're talking about taking nations of the earth. You're talking about planting hundreds and thousands of churches in our lifetime, in our generation, and seeing millions come to know Christ. How are we going to do this? Are you being serious? You keep talking about it, but are we actually going to see it? Here's how we're going to see it. When we stop looking at the impossible and defining what Jesus can and can't do and say, God, actually, I'm going to let you be God and do the impossible with my life. Yeah. Yeah. And here, here's, <laughs> I love this because just a little theological thing here. Notice who wasn't counted in the story. Women and children. Mm-hmm. Who did Jesus use yeah. to do the miracle? Come on. The one who wasn't counted. And sometimes in our lives, the people we overlook in our lives, in our church, dare I say it, might be the people that God's saying, if you're willing to surrender what you have in your hands to me, I will do the impossible with it. But all I need you to do is be willing to bring that to my hands and my feet. And so the people that you underestimate in this church are the ones that are going to change history. Come on. on. I believe it. Mm. I genuinely do. And that's why I throw people into the, you know, tough situations. Yes. <laughs> I'll keep throwing you into those. And I'll tell you this, I'll never throw someone I don't believe in them. So if you haven't been thrown in, <laughs> be offended. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, that, I genuinely believe in that. I believe in us bringing people and saying, hey, let, how do we bring you through? But you know, one of the miracles is the fact the boy actually gave up his lunch. Yeah. If you've ever been, I mean, I went to all boys school. When I was at the tuck shop, you don't give up your food. Yeah, you, <laughs> so, like, people steal your food in high school. You don't just, I mean, let's be honest here. If you had your little packed lunch and you see this crowd and people are talking and that, would you be like, hey, I've got, I've got something to share with people? No every man for himself I'm gonna keep this for myself but he brings it before Jesus and Jesus says hey make the people sit down and they sit down 5,000 of them and then in verse 11 Jesus took the loaves gave thanks I love this in Mark it says he broke the loaves 
We've got to learn to be thankful for what we have in our hands. We've got to learn to be thankful for the resources God has given us and the things that He's put inside of you. If you're always wishing you were somewhere else or with someone else or had someone different gifting, you've got to repent of that and say, actually, Lord, I'm thankful for the way you've created me that I can just be an expression of your grace in this generation. And the more we're comparing ourselves to others, the more dangerous things we're going to get. But the miracle starts with thankfulness. When what we've surrendered to God, we start thanking God for and saying, actually, God, I'm not going to wish I was someone else or somewhere else, but I'm going to thank you that you put me right here in Milton Keynes to change a generation, to actually shape history. We've got to be willing to be thankful. But notice that it's in the breaking that the blessing came. And when Jesus broke that, which he surrendered, suddenly the multiplication happened and he involved his disciples in that now i don't know about you but can you imagine watching that i'd love to watch a replay of this in heaven was it you know was he breaking out just kept coming i don't know what what did it look like what did it look like because i've seen food multiply two times undeniably chocolate cake and lasagna (laughs) twice i mean that's incredible well, and, the, and Americans were there. I was hosting Americans, and with my administration skills, as Becky knows, they are so good. Um, <laughs> they, you know, they were flourishing at that time. These guys arrived from the States. On, they were arriving on the, whatever it was, Monday or whatever, and I only st- decided to sort out their accommodation on the Friday before. That classic. Yeah, yeah classic. And then I realized you have to feed people when they, you're hosting them. I'll never forget that, that, that panic where you're suddenly going to people in the church. Hey, do you mind making some food? And I didn't tell them how many people were coming. So people made lasagna for four. You have 15 American people. <laughs> have you seen the portion sizes in the States? <laughs> they are big. <laughs> More than enough. I remember dishing this and just saying, uh, my one friend, Quinn, he came and said, Dill. Uh, we're going to have to tell them just to, you know, go a bit, you know, slow on this. So I said, guys, let's pray. Father, thank you. Guys, come get as much as you want. They came, and I'll never forget watching lasagna multiplying before my eyes. And some of you won't believe me. I don't care. But I saw it because here's the deal. People came for seconds, and afterwards, there were leftovers of more than two, just over half of lasagna still left over after feeding 15 Americans and three South Africans. I don't know about you, but that is good news. Because when I messed up my organization, and Quinn had his calculator, and he was going and saying, we're not going to be able to do this. I said, actually, Jesus knows what he's doing. Yeah. Come on. God still multiplies food. Yeah. And he's going to multiply us yeah. if we're willing to surrender. Mm. We need to be willing to lay down our lives for him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on. This poverty mentality needs to be broken. Yeah. Yes. And I love it that there's an abundance that God's wanting to take us into. Yeah. And I haven't been following my notes. I don't even know where I am here. But uh, let's just go with this. I don't know. I'll just keep going. Here's the deal. Is Jesus is about to do something in our day that people are going to see and they're going to wonder at how God did it in this yeah. city. Yeah. Genuinely. I believe that. We're about to go into a chapter in our history that's going to require us to walk in the generosity of our Father in a whole new level. Yeah where we actually display what a generous God looks like in our city, where people don't look at the church and think that's the most stingy people I've heard. 
where they're trying to recycle their coffee cups, sending second-hand tea bags to missionaries, all this rubbish. We need to get rid of it, and we need to get back to a generous father who actually wants to bless us and bless our city. Because yeah. remember, when God blessed Abraham, I'm not, hear me, I'm not just talking about money and financial and worldly stuff, which is one part of it, I'm not denying that, but also I'm talking about your entire life, yeah. about the way we speak, the way we encourage, the way we yes. walk in our faith, yes. that we want a radical community here. Yeah. We want to walk in a radical faith. And I was so encouraged this week because we're starting to see this stuff start happening. And we are, just so you know, uh, I thought I might as well share this with you, is we're going to be changing venues. Come on, thank you. Now, the Odeon Cinema is, I'm phoning them tomorrow. So barring a, a meteorite hitting the Odeon Cinema, hopefully, and not, that tomorrow I'll be phoning them and we're going to be going into this into the cinema at the stadium. Come on, it's yeah. only exciting. We're going to be moving to a morning service. So some of you actually have to wake up early. Yes, Eden. I'm testing your commitment. Here's the thing. I'm not going to apologize, so I'm going to call you to it. Because as Danny was praying for the morning the whole time, maybe it was prophetic. You know, you know, speak about the morning. Yeah, uh, it's so funny because when guys have been at morning services like most of their lives, it yeah. takes so long to get that like morning thing out of you. It's so funny. But but here's the deal: is I, I won't lie to you. I felt like a bit of a Philip this week because when they came back with the price, it's expensive. And I was sitting there and I thought, oh Lord, this feels like a lot. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. And my calculator came out. <laughs> and uh, and I was praying and I thought oh man and we were waiting for them they were coming back to us to see if we can get it cheaper whatever and what our prayer has been as a church always is how do we reach the lost how do we reach people yeah. that wouldn't want to walk into a church conventionally how do we just be that just out there and see God do the impossible yeah. and one of those things with the cinema if we thought God I don't know about you but I want to invite my mates yeah. to come to the cinema I, I don't I, I mean I Who's not going to come? Hey, we're having church. Come along. Where is it? Come to the Odeon. We're going to rock it. But then afterwards, we're going to buy people lunch. I'm going to challenge you. We want to display the generosity of the Father that after every service, as we're going to go and play mini golf now, whatever it is after today, we want to be having a culture of community in a whole new dimension. Because we have a generation that's longing for that. Yeah. But I want you to be prepared to buy someone a coffee, to bless someone, that we have a culture of generosity as a church. Yeah. But on Tuesday, this is where the story gets good, is I get the call at one o'clock that this is the price. And it was a lot more than I thought. I thought, oh, Lord, um, this anchor. I think I shared it with Anna at the time. I can't remember if she was on the call. I said, babe, this just feels like a lot. Maybe God's not in this. Have you ever had those moments? Yeah. I thought even if we, like, it, it would wipe out most of our, our offerings, pretty much, everything, you know. I thought, Lord, come on. So anyway, about 4.30 that day, I log in to do some of the bank for the church. And when I go in there, I think, that doesn't look like the figure I thought we had. And um, went on there, and, and here's where it gets good, is 
a couple in the church, I'm going to keep this anonymous and I'm not going to give any clues of who's what. A couple in this church had sown 5,000 pounds into the church. And when I say I know that was from a place of sacrifice, that's an understatement. That was without, I mean, I haven't even spoken about building funds much in the last few months. Well, I've said we're going to raise a million pounds, but I haven't really, we haven't started even saying, hey guys, let's get, you know, I haven't even started that. And this couple sold 5,000 pounds into our account a few days before. And on that Tuesday, so I, I had the phone call at one o'clock. On that Tuesday, at some point in the day, someone had sold 50,000 pounds into our account. And he, he, has, he has a deal, is that couple had prayed, Lord, multiply what we sow here. Yeah. And... I wish I could honor this couple, but here's the deal. God multiplied it by 10 times to the penny without yeah. them even knowing this other person that sold 50,000. Yeah. And the ones who gave out of their sacrifice, out of everything that they have, another blessed out of their abundance yeah. in a multiplication, yeah. 10 times oh. what that person had sown. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know about you. I then sit there and I think, God, there are people in this church who are laying their lives down for it. And they're willing to give everything for this community and for the city to see and know Jesus. Yeah. But I was encouraged. And even after that, I'm sitting there and I'm phoning t- Tim. I went to Brad and I said, guys, we've got this. Do we do it? <laughs> and I said, you know what? Let's just give it a go. Yeah. And every yeah. single person I spoke to, they're like, let's give it a go. We're going to be there for at least a year. Let's just give it a go yeah. and see what God wants to do. And you know what He wants to do? He wants to break our calculators. So who wants to break this calculator right now? Because this thing needs to be broken down. Can you smash this thing up, right? You want to smash it? Come on, stand up. I need you to break it. Come on, on your head. Come on. That's it. That's what God wants to do with our minds this next season. Amen. So if every one of you wants to take a piece of the calculator at the end of this, I want to remind us that this season we're going into, we've got to think differently. Because we're only at the start of our journey. And what this church needs is going to require sacrifice. It's going to require an audacious faith. But when I chatted with um, some guys about this, I said, you know what, I don't believe the 50 would have been released without the five. Because there's something about radical obedience of an individual or individuals that changes and invites the power of God into a situation. And I'm praying, God, multiply our lives and let us as a church see the impossible done. See the impossible done. We have an opportunity to show this world what the generosity of the father looks like and when we were over in ireland i shared this story with the guys there and it encouraged them the one couple turned to us and they said dylan we were thinking too small because i said guys what we're going to need to require is we're going to retransform the way church is even done in our city but this um one guy from london who we're connecting with he's told the story about a church in south africa who which brad and beth were at for a short time or quite a while actually 
is the pastor there, they were at the end of their building project. I'm not even doing a raise on building, so don't worry. Is um, end of their building project, they ran out of money to pay the contractors. And eventually they, they managed to scramble together 600,000 Rand, which is about 30,000 pounds. It's a lot of money in South African terms. And they scrambled this together and they said, we don't have the money to do this. But what we're going to do is we're going to give it all away. And so they literally sewed it away. They sent it into other mission work, into churches and blessed them. And they were praying and it got time to pay the contractors. They couldn't afford to finish their building. And this little old lady drove in a car, parked in the thing a few, this was a, in the week that they needed to pay. I think it was on the day or the day before. I can't remember. She drives in and she says, don't ask who I am or where I'm from. If you try to follow me, I'll be very upset with you. She said, but here's the thing that God told me. She lifts up this big bag of coins and puts it on their table. And those coins were a bunch of Kruger rands, which is gold, pure gold that they put on the desk. And she said, 45 years ago, the Lord spoke to us and said, we need to start collecting Kruger rands to bless a church that God is pleased with. Wow. And she felt the stir in the Lord, not part of the church or anything like that. And there was six million rands worth of Kruger rands, wow. which is 300,000 pounds. That it was exactly 10 times the amount. And there's something that God is doing in our day with a generous church that actually He multiplies. Yeah. And when we read this story, we need to remember the little boy that was willing to open up his lunchbox and say, Take it all, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Because when God gets into our hearts, there's a surrender of everything of our lives. Yeah. And I want to encourage us that actually, I believe we're at the beginning of something that God's going to take us on a story where it's not going to be a traditional church where we just, hey, guys, you know, we need to raise this money. It's like, yeah, we need to. But here's the deal is actually I want to hear these stories yeah. written in our day. Yes. Yeah. I want to see the stories where God steps in and we just sit back and we're like, God, like on Tuesday, I just thought, what? God, yeah. you're just starting to do it. Come on. Yeah. We want to see yeah. the impossible. Amen. But here's the, the real impossible in our city is that we've got a generation, hundreds of thousands of people that don't know Jesus. Yeah. And the only way they're going to hear the gospel is through churches, yeah. people that are on fire for Jesus. Yeah individuals in community that are living this thing out. Yeah. Yeah. I believe we're about to see the most radical expression of faith in our city that's ever seen before. Yeah. I'm believing God for that. And what that means is that I'm trusting God to see the greatest outpouring of healing, mm. yeah. the greatest outpouring of uh, prophetic words, prophetic insight, but the greatest outpouring of His love displayed in the lost that the city and this world's ever seen. What would it look like if we saw every screen in the Odeon occupied with the kingdom of God? What would it look like if we saw MK Dons just across from us filled with the glory of God? What would it look like if we saw, and you know what excites me, is you guys are going to be leading that. You guys will be. We're going to be seeing God do the impossible. What would it look like if every nightclub in Milton Keynes was filled with the glory of God? What would it look like? And you say it there and you say, Dylan, how far can we go amongst so many? Yeah. How far can I go 
When I'm just a small person in a big world. Well, here's the thing. When Jesus is with you, you got the guy who created the world. And he wants to use you if you're willing to open your heart to him and actually say, God, have it all. Move in my life. So guys, as we dream big, can I encourage you not to speak small? Because so often your words out your mouth reveal what's in your heart. But let's watch the confession of our mouths in this next season. Because I want to call destiny out from him. And there's someone in this community that's called to lead a young adults ministry. Mm. There's someone here. And I'm saying, let God stir that in you. Let God draw that out of you. But know that I want to see uh, people set a light for Jesus on a whole new dimension. And I want to get behind that vision as a church. When someone comes with a crazy idea, I want us to not think with our calculator. Because remember, the church's calculator is broken. Yeah. And, I, and, and here's the crazy part. On the way, I thought this was my broken calculator. Just when I got out the car, I turned it on. I'm like, oh, it actually works. <laughs> and then my brain started calculating. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm wasting. I'm breaking this. Then I thought... You know what? When God speaks, He'll replace it. Watch, He'll give me a new calculator this week. Yeah. Telling you. Yeah. I'll come back next week. The Lord's probably going to have a big one waiting on my doorstep, you know? Let's yeah. see God do the impossible. But, yeah. guys, Jesus is the bread of life. And when we read about this multiplication, remember when He died on that cross, you might be here from, I don't know, all backgrounds that you might be from, but I want you to know the true bread of life is Jesus Christ Himself. Yeah. That you cannot get into heaven without Him. You need to eat His flesh and drink yeah. His blood. You might be thinking, what does that mean? That means I put my faith in what He did on that cross when yeah. His body was shed on that cross. It was for me, for the forgiveness of sins that Amen. I might be saved yeah. in Him. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So let's pray. Father, we thank You that You are doing the impossible. Yeah. And Lord, as we go into this next chapter of our history and journey, Lord, I pray that you would just build us to be a community that disbelieves you for the impossible. That you would build us to be a church that doesn't think small, but we think big. Yeah. I pray, Lord, that you would open our mindsets to the impossible. Lord, we repent where we've limited you to what's in our hands. Yeah. But Lord, we are very aware that we have something to bring and give. And Lord, we bring our lives today and we say, God, do whatever you want with them. Break us, Lord, to multiply us. Holy Spirit, I pray as we move into this new chapter in this new venue, that we would see it so filled so quickly that we need to get another screen within the next three months. I pray, Lord, multiply what you're about to do. And Lord, I pray that whole shopping center, every restaurant at the stadium, all those staff would come to know you as a result of what you do in True Life Church. Holy Spirit, do it, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Guys, I love you. And next Sunday, we will be here. The next Sunday, we're just waiting to see because I have to take a, a, a movie off the screen. So <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what form we're replacing. I, you know, it's probably like some demonic thing. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was we we're aiming for the thirty first of October. So next Sunday we'll be here at this time. The next Sunday will probably be about ten thirty, but we'll confirm times and all of that. Start preparing because we want to hit it big that first one. So who are you going to invite? Who are you going to bring? Bring every single person you know 
And even if it's a fire hazard, I actually don't care. Bring them in. Let's get in trouble on the first week because God is so good. Amen. Guys, we'll see you next Sunday. And uh, hope you have a good week. After the service, if you want to come hang out, everyone's welcome. Uh, I think we're going to mini golf, I think. But come and speak to Eden. Yeah, Yeah, awesome. (laughs) Cool, guys. Love you lots, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.